Happy Friday. Oh, yes. Happy Friday. Oh, <laughs> sweet, sweet Friday. Yes, it is nice. Although this week wasn't like a full work week for me. I actually took a couple days off and um, spent some time with my family, which was nice, but um, still nice to be Friday. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. This week wasn't too bad, but my work BFF, you know, left last week, so the past two weeks have been not good yeah. at work, you know. Shout out to Stephanie, if you're listening. <laughs> I think she, she better be listening, but... um. <laughs> Uh, I've been excited about this one though. Yeah. Yeah. I think this will be a fun one. I think, you know, people will um, enjoy this one because it has a lot of different elements to it. Mm -hmm. You know, not just the, um, murder and trial. There's actually some other things that thrown Mm -hmm. in there that I think will be interesting. Well, we had talked, you know, we grew up in the area and we hadn't heard of this. No, I mean, I had heard like vaguely, not, not any kind of detail, Mm -hmm. but like just vague, you know, mentionings. I don't think I heard, like, anything about it, like, as far as the actual happenings of it until I was, like, in my 20s. Right. So, as a kid, I I knew nothing of this story. Right. So, our episode this week is actually going to be about the Sisters in Black. Um, they may be familiar to some people in the Montgomery County area because of the school that they ran there. Um, these are actually three sisters, Caroline Martin... Virginia Wardlaw and Mary Sneed. Um, and they ran the Montgomery Collegiate Institute in Christiansburg. So the Montgomery Collegiate Institute was founded in 1853 uh, by the Christiansburg Presbyterian Church. They actually built a new school in 1860 where the current building is today. And they renamed it the Montgomery Female Academy. The school began to lose money, and um, the original owners, the Presbyterian Church, decided to put it off for sale on public auction. So one of the teachers there, Oceana Pollock, uh, she decided to purchase the school. After buying the school at public auction in 1876, Oceana Pollock decides to reach out to some of her family members to come help her run the school. Right, right, yes. So she decides to bring on Virginia, who has a background in teaching, because she's teaching at a school in Murfreesboro. Is that where it was? I believe so, yeah. Murfreesboro, Borough, Tennessee. And um, also her nephew, John, and along with him, his wife, Lizzie, who was Elizabeth, but they called her Lizzie. So they were teaching at the school, and within one to two years, John and Lizzie both die. And all the research we've done and everything, I could not find a cause of death for either one of them. Right, yeah. We tried to see if we could find any information about how they died or any anything, really. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a whole lot out there. about them you couldn't find death certificates on any public records or anything like that but they are both buried in the sunset cemetery in christiansburg Mm -hmm. um so virginia was still at the school but she left for a short period of time after john and lizzie's death um there's really no indication why she left but um she returned to her home in tennessee so then in 1900 virginia and her other sister mary come to Christiansburg to kind of take over the school from their aunt because she's getting advanced in age and she can't really run the school. And um, there were quite a few students for as small of a school as it was. But um, they actually had another sister, Bessie, and her husband, Richard, and he was like a really big businessman in Christiansburg. And so he was the principal of the school at the time. Okay. Virginia and Mary, they had actually uh, inherited some property from their dad and they uh, sold off this property um, to 
do updates to the school. So they uh, they refurbished the dormitories. They hired more teachers. They updated the curriculum. And Virginia went back to teaching full time. But um, there's there's no information about their father either, about how he died. He was a uh, preacher and part of the South Carolina Supreme Court. Right, yeah. But um, there's no information about how he died either. So we don't know if we can tie that to anything as right. well. But um, so things were going okay until their sister, their oldest sister, Caroline, along with her daughter, Oceana, who's named after their aunt, but they call her Osi. She showed up to the school where Caroline soon became the administrator. So basically at this point, by all accounts, the school is actually doing pretty well. At this like point, They put yeah. money into it. They have a lot of students. Um, there, it, it seems to be flourishing, and, you know, growing, and everything mm-hmm. seems to be going really well. Mm-hmm. But um, like you said, the sister Caroline comes with her daughter, Osi, and that's when things start to take a turn. Yeah. And, and you got to consider the time, too, the early 1900s. I mean, these are women educators who are, you know, it seems like they're doing a fairly decent job with the women in the area right. and all that. Looking for something to get your kids active and out of the house after a year of being trapped inside? Elite School of Dance in Dublin, Virginia will begin new classes in June. Elite offers multiple age groups in ballet, tap, jazz, clogging, hip-hop, and additional classes for those with special needs. Adult classes are also available. For our listeners, mention you heard about Elite School of Dance on our podcast and get 10% off your first month. Check them out at EliteDanceAndArts.com or for more information, email them at EliteDanceAndArts at gmail.com. Elite School of Dance is committed to sharing the performing arts with those in the New River Valley. So this is where everything starts to go a little haywire right? and where the story really gets going. Like we said, Caroline becomes the administrator and she starts to change the curriculum with no reason at all. And she changes students' schedules. She padlocks random doors, like they're hiding something behind mm-hmm. these doors. And th- the behavior of all the sisters, Mary, Virginia, and Caroline, becomes very strange. This is also when they start to dress in black. Yes. So we're talking like head to toe black. And not just like a black dress and a black hat, black shoes. They have capes and veils over their faces. Mm-hmm. It's like... You know, strange. Mm-hmm. It's kind of different. It's not for any, you know, reason uh, that we know of other mm-hmm. than they just, I guess, decided this is what they wanted to do now. So all of the sisters began dressing like this, and it starts to freak out people. Um, there's other behaviors going on as well. They're, well, they do this not only at the school, but they do this out in public as right, well. Right, yes. And um, so things start happening that seem to indicate there's been a big shift of some kind. It It gets a little dark. It does. It starts to get a little dark. There are reports from students of them waking up in their dormitory in the middle of the night and all three sisters standing around them. Can you imagine... I mean, can you imagine how terrifying that would... No. And and doing the research for this, do you know what I thought about? (laughs) Do you remember season four of Buffy? Do you remember the Gentleman episode? Yes. So for those of you not familiar, that episode of Buffy had these gentleman figures all dressed in black. They said no words. Right. And 
they took the speech of all the people in the town and everything, but they just kind of floated through right. the whole town and people would look out their windows and see them like floating down the street. I thought of that the entire time I was doing the research for this and it creeped me out. Yeah, and, and it would be, cre- I mean, I can't imagine, yeah, waking up and having three people dressed in solid black around your bed and some, there were reports that they would maybe like be chanting or there were also reports where they wouldn't say a word and would just turn and leave. Well, people would wake up to hearing them chant, but once the person woke up, they would be dead silent and just turn around and leave the room. Right. Either way, it's well, very creepy. It is very creepy. And and it didn't happen until Caroline got there, so I don't know what yes her deal was exactly. I don't know if she was into like black magic, you know. The occult. The occult. I, I don't know. But they also did some other weird things. They liked to visit the cemetery. They had a driver who said that... He would take the sisters to the cemetery late at night and that they would stand around gravesides and chant. John and Lizzie. Their brother and their uh, Sister. sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very strange things happening here. And and we'll list some of these on the website where we got this information from, some of our sources. But um, things written on the walls in the school, too, that, mm-hmm. that made no sense. People don't know if it was a foreign language or if it was some spell almost. Um, so after Caroline gets to the school, a uh, short time after she's been there, she goes back to Tennessee where Mary's son, John, is living with his wife. Right. And she wants him to come to the school to work because they're trying to make this, in, in how they're presenting it to everybody anyway, is like they're trying to make it into like a family affair kind of thing. He refuses because, I mean, he's married. He's got his own life. He's, I think he's running a sawmill mm-hmm. in Tennessee with his brother. Yes. He refuses, and he actually even calls the police to get her off his property. Mm-hmm. And he's quoted in a Murfreesboro blog that said, um, she wrecks everything she touches, and I won't let her wreck my family. Right. He knows there's something up with Caroline. She, she crazy. Right. And so, despite saying this, um, Caroline returns. She doesn't actually leave town. She just kind of lets him cool off for a little bit. And then she goes back and is successful in convincing him to come back to Christiansburg with her. Leaves his wife. Right. He then decides to come to Christiansburg. So, that makes you wonder what she has on him. There are reports that I read that um, basically Caroline had some kind of like persuasive Powers of persuasion, I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, she was able to convince people to do things. And I even read from people who were not at all wanting to be friendly with her that said she would was able to get them to do things when they did not even want to do it. Like, there was something about her that she was just able to convince people to do things. And I guess that includes, you know, her family. Mm-hmm. So you can either look at it as... Maybe they were afraid of her. Yeah. Or I don't I don't know. There's something. Well, and after seeing pictures of her, we'll put these on the website, um, but I don't get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could understand if she, you know, Virginia was a very attractive woman, the, the other sister, but Caroline, not so much. I mean, she was. Well, you, you kind of. <laughs> she's kind of creepy looking. Yeah, she was. She's like Mrs. Gulch. Yes. Yeah, very, very Miss Gulch. Yeah. Yes. From the Wizard of Oz. Paul looked at me like he didn't know who Mrs. <laughs> Gulch was. 
I'm filing for divorce tonight. I mean, <laughs> who does not know Mrs. Gulch? For the younger generation, <laughs> we might Mrs. Gulch explain that. Was the Wicked Witch of the West? <laughs> Pre Alphaba. Pre Alphaba. Not wicked. <laughs> so, anyway, she gets John to come back to Christiansburg. And John's wife, through many letters, she basically is begging him to come home. She doesn't get why Caroline and his mother and his other aunt were able to get him to, you know, leave her. So, um, but many said that she was, he was kind of under spells from his aunts and his mother. Well, so, under the thrall. Under the thrall. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about another Buffy episode. Speaking of Buffy, <laughs> you're under the thrall. I'm a dark priest. <laughs> sorry. Classic. Classic. <laughs> so sorry. Anyway, so um, she's writing him these letters, begging him to come home. He doesn't, and she becomes ill and is admitted to a sanitarium where she later dies. And the strange behavior of the sisters continues. Well, especially with John. Especially because with John. Under the thrall. While he's under the thrall. <laughs> He um, falls from a train while he's traveling with Caroline. You have to do air quotes when you say fall. (laughs) Yes, he falls. (laughs) So there were uh, witness reports that said he jumped and it looked like a suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. And there were also reports that he could have been pushed. Yeah. He survives. But then, like... And this was in the Roanoke area, too. Yes, it was while they were traveling from Roanoke to Christiansburg, I believe, or somewhere in the vicinity. Okay. So, shortly after that, John falls in a cistern at the college and almost drowns and is saved by another worker. Like, minutes before drowning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, like, some... He says that he was trying to... Get a new water supply for the school to update the water supply. Yeah, and he slipped. Virginia's the one who was there at that point, and yes, he, yeah, he slipped. Those are air quotes too. <laughs> slipped. Yes. <laughs> so, um, okay, so he's fallen off a train. He's almost drowned, and then short same week. This, yes, this later very, in the week, in very close proximity, um, he is basically burned to death. Mm-hmm. Um, he was found on fire in his dormitory. By Virginia. By Virginia. Um, His clothes and everything were all on fire. The room and everything smelled like kerosene. Well, he he died from third-degree burns, Mm -hmm. I think a few hours later after he had been found. Virginia, Mary, and Caroline, the aunts along with his mother, claim it was an accident. Yeah, they say that either he accidentally turned a candle over... Or he was trying to light a kerosene lamp and somehow caught himself on fire. Yet, he was doused with kerosene. Yes. And the room was doused with kerosene. Right. So, we're talking about somebody being burned alive probably while they were asleep. Is, like, reports that I've read that that's probably what happened. hmm Even though they, they can't prove it. Right. So, it turns out that they all three had taken out a life insurance policy on John for $12,000. Which, in today's money, would be equivalent to, like, $370,000. Right. Okay. There's one (laughs) that we know of. (laughs) So, we have one family member who certainly has died under suspicious circumstances, and they collect the life insurance. Right. So, that's the first one that we can... That you can... Definitely say something is suspicious. Yes. So, while John was actually still alive, Caroline made another trip to Tennessee... Where her other nephew, Mary's other son, 
Fletcher, he was um, living there with his wife, who was actually his wife and John's wife were sisters. Okay. And so John and Fletcher were both working. They had opened the sawmill in Tennessee. And he actually had a son with his current wife. But she tried to convince him because Caroline had been married. Mm-hmm. She had been married before. And um, they lived in Kentucky. So she gets Fletcher. She tries to convince Fletcher to come to Kentucky to kind of tie up some loose ends with some family property there. Right. And he falls for it. But he gets as far as Chattanooga, Tennessee, before falling super ill. And news gets back to his wife that he has not made it to Kentucky, that he's in Chattanooga and he's super sick. So his wife travels to Chattanooga. And we're talking, you know, early 1900s woman by herself traveling to Chattanooga Mm -hmm. to see her husband. And Caroline refuses to let her see him. Says he's too ill. He can't have any visitors or anything like this. He, you know, he's basically on his deathbed and tells her she needs to leave. Mm -hmm. They were in Tennessee, but she was in like the Murfreesboro area down there after she's there a while she divorces him yeah, and she's moves, done on, with moves it. on with her yeah. life I don't, it was very vague about how long they, they were actually in chattanooga so a little while later he gets better and he joins them in christiansburg so fletcher comes to christiansburg so now at the school you have the three sisters caroline virginia mary you have caroline's daughter osi and you have the nephew fletcher so Mary's son. Mary's son, Fletcher. Mm-hmm. So they're all at the school right now mm-hmm. at this time. Yeah, those are our players right now. Right. But also during this time, the sisters were involved in like super shady businesses like in town. They were always trying to get people in the town to like give money or to invest in these businesses that never came to fruition. And they said that the people in town were terrified of these women. Right. And like we were talking about the time, people didn't lock their doors. and everything. People locked their doors in Christiansburg, Montgomery County area, because they were terrified that they would get a knock on the door and open it, and they would be there. Those sisters, dressed full garb in black, as if going to a funeral, they would be there, and people couldn't say no to them. So, if it was, they were under the thrall. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure... You know, some of that, the way they dress and everything, may have been a form of intimidation. It could have been. To try to get people to do the things they want. Like, you know, kind of like, I can use this against you because I know it freaks you out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That could be part of the reason. Mm -hmm. But their behavior certainly fed into that as well, though, I think. Yeah. Okay, so we have the family at the school. We have um, the three sisters. We have... Mary's son, Fletcher, and we have Caroline's daughter, O.C. Now, Caroline, like we had said before, had actually been married and had two children. She had a son as well as her daughter, O.C. Um, When her son was seven, he fell down the stairs and died, and Caroline collected the life insurance on him as well. So that is why he is not at the school. Interesting. That makes at least two now. You had um, O.C.'s brother, Hugh, that they collected life insurance for. And now John John has just recently passed. And so that's two. Also, Caroline's husband. Yeah, and Caroline's husband died under suspicious circumstances as well. Um, It's not exactly known what happened to him. Um, The witnesses said they heard a loud 
like boom almost. Mm -hmm. And when they came in, Caroline was standing over his body. Yeah. And so she also collected life insurance for her. She collected a lot on him. But that was after Hugh, her son, had died, correct? Okay. So here you have, I mean, so that's three family members that have passed in really strange circumstances. Not saying that someone couldn't fall down the stairs, but it's just very strange. And Mm -hmm. someone set on fire and someone, they don't even really know what happened to him. They suspect it could have been poison, but who knows? So, and I would really like to know what happened to their brother and sister-in-law too, if we could find something on that. that yeah, would, that would be yeah interesting. So to know. that potentially could be five. That's up to five if that. But um, it's a definite three right now. So we have um, some weird things happening. <laughs> so all right, so we're at the school and we've got the family there, and you have O.C. and Fletcher, first cousins. First cousins, like we said, that's Caroline's daughter and Mary's son. They actually fall in love. And so... So they say. (laughs) Well, I think they really did because it said at first the sisters were really against this. They went off. And they left. Yeah, Yeah, they went to New York or something like that. And um, the sisters kind of softened to it and allowed them to come back. So you have O.C. and Fletcher are together. Yeah, I mean, you know... Things happened back then that, (laughs) you know, people didn't think as much about. But, you know, definitely a first cousin. That's pretty close. That is close. (laughs) But they also, while O.C. was in school, there were stories that she was on narcotics. That Mm -hmm. she liked to use drugs and things like that. So that kind of plays into the story a little bit later. Um but that is something that was said. If you look at pictures, uh, and like I said, we'll post these online. But if you look at the pictures of O.C. at this time, she was a beautiful girl. She mm-hmm. she was a really pretty girl. And there were actually even rumors. Virginia had never been married, the sister of Virginia. She had never been married, didn't have any kids. But there was a rumor that O.C. was actually her daughter. Because she looked exactly, I mean, she was a spitting image of her aunt. Right. But, um, yeah, they got married, came back to the school, because the aunts had to have them back at the school, mm-hmm. oddly enough. <laughs> but in 1904, there was a an affiliate academy, the Montgomery Male Academy. Mm-hmm. So it closes in 1904, and male students are allowed to come to the uh, female academy, which they changed the name to Montgomery Hall at okay. this point. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, like we said, they had like pretty much dried up any kind of monetary support they had from the community because they people were terrified of them and they were crazy and people just wanted absolutely nothing to do with the school. So they were not giving money to anything school related. Well, enrollment was dropping because yeah. people were, you know, getting freaked out by the occurrences of, you know, people standing by their beds. There were also other things that people claimed that the water was tainted. Mm-hmm. They heard screams coming from wells and things like that. I mean, this is reported. I don't, you know, obviously we don't know for sure, but the enrollment did drop. Mm-hmm. So they were losing money things were not going well it's around this time that a student got pregnant while she was at the school and that the baby was born but it disappeared no one ever saw it odd so there's another story also involving a baby so there is a boarding house in roanoke it's actually near the hotel roanoke 
and there was a baby just showed up on the doorstep of the boarding house and the people took the baby in and kept it well then um not long after the sisters show up and check into the boarding house so they stay there for a little while and the baby gets a cold so caroline and virginia are at the boarding house mary is not there so they try to convince the people to let them take the baby to Christiansburg with them because they say the air is better in Christiansburg than it is in Roanoke. So it'll help the baby get better. Right. The couple refuses. They're like, no, you're not taking the baby. And they get really insistent upon it, but the couple, they don't cave. So Caroline leaves and goes back to Christiansburg. Virginia stays at the boarding house. Caroline keeps calling the people saying... You need to let us take the baby. You know, it would do better here. We want the baby. But the people don't, they still don't cave. So eventually, Virginia leaves too. And they leave behind two suitcases. So inside one of the suitcases is all kinds of baby clothes, baby items, everything enough to keep the baby going for like, they said a year. So they brought this stuff with them, like originally on their trip Yes, yes. It's creepy. So, we don't, it's never known who the baby actually was. So, there have been rumors that it could have been O.C.'s baby. Mm -hmm. They don't know. They don't know. So, the couple raised the baby and and they kept her. So. And we don't know anything else about it. No. So weird. Yeah. Caroline needed a sacrifice because she was crazy. (laughs) Anyway. So, in 1908, the school closes. Mm -hmm. Like we said, enrollment was poor, and they had no money left. And I guess all their money from, you know, killing killing family members had dried up by this point. Right. So, Fletcher and Osi, along with the aunts and their mothers, Mm -hmm. they're all living in New York. Osi gives birth to a daughter. Mm -hmm. And... The daughter dies right after birth, basically. I think she made it maybe two days. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not a whole lot of information on what happened to her um, as far as that goes. But you're looking at a time where it's not that uncommon for, you know, babies to not survive or even be stillborn. It's not that uncommon. Nobody's really going to look at that. Well, and we couldn't find any information on any. uh, Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have life insurance on a... Brand new baby, yeah. Yeah. So, um... Not too long after that, Osi gets pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Fletcher bolts. He right. leaves town. Right. Um, while she was pregnant, he just left. And they told her that he had died. Yes. I read that in a couple of reports, too. Yeah, I think that, that yeah. So he takes off to Canada and changes his name, and which I find very bizarre as well. Even though it is plausible to think that he just up and left because he had already up and left one wife and right. a child. And he up and leaves. But a lot of people have said that he was he, he was afraid he was going to be next. I mean, he, his brother John had already, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know what happened to Hugh, uh, O.C.'s brother. Mm-hmm. So he's thinking, crap, me and O.C. are here. Yeah. It, they need money. They need money. They're running out of money. So I'm going to be next. Right. And I'm going to save myself. Right. So, yeah, he flees to Canada, changes his name. Mm-hmm. And he never contacts Osi again from any reports that I've read. Yeah, he starts a new life and never looks back. Because the, the aunts, I call them the aunts, they, <laughs> they were all like, 
they were living this lavish lifestyle. They were going out to rest, nice restaurants, purchasing stuff like they still had money right. on credit and stuff like that. But in all reality, they were they were kind of broke. Well, and that's the thing. They were never in a situation where they didn't have money. Like, they came from a wealthy family. They had always come into money, you know, mm-hmm. through, you know, whatever means, life insurance. But they were not used to not having money. Right. And so they had sunk money into the school. They had they had no money left. And well, and they and that's one of the reasons they left Christiansburg as well because they owed so many people money. Yeah. And so they were basically running from their creditors. Yeah. And um, so they thought if we get out of town, they won't be able to find us, and so yeah. we'll just you know default on that. So OC um actually begins to suffer from depression, mm-hmm. which understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh. They bring in a doctor, William Petit. They bring him in to check on her. And he notices that she is, like, severely malnutritioned and um, and quoted in a newspaper, seemed indeed afraid of those around her. Mm-hmm. So she was obviously afraid of these women. Right. And they're still in the black at this point, correct? Right. They're still doing their whole... Yes. Their whole thing. So she was pregnant with her second child, and this doctor visited several times, and his instructions weren't being followed, basically. They they were trying, he wanted to give her a certain medication, and he wanted this food and all this stuff, and the sisters weren't doing it. They weren't following anything he was supposed to, he told them to do, and so he's like, you're not paying me anyways, because they owed him too. So he decided not to go back. Right. So another doctor's called in. Mm-hmm. And he actually snuck food to her. Right. And after she delivered the baby, he snuck through a window to check on her because the aunts had already kicked him out once because they found out he was sneaking food to her. And Virginia spotted him and kicked him out again. Mm-hmm. And he actually went to see a lawyer to say, you know, this woman's being mistreated. Right. She has just given birth. He knows nothing about the baby or anything like that, but something's got to be done to help this woman. And... The lawyer's like, she's a grown woman. She was in her mid to late 20s at this point. And there's nothing we can do, you know. She's right. a grown woman. So the baby was actually named David. And uh, he was sent to a hospital by Virginia Caroline and her mother Mary. Mm-hmm. And because he was sick. And soon afterwards, he was sent to an orphanage where he died less than nine months later. Mm-hmm. So there she has two babies who did not make it a year. And... Things get pretty bleak from here for her. So I told you guys last time about Devoted to You Boutique. They have their summer line out now. Everything from bathing suits, shorts, and dresses to tank tops and sandals. With brands like Judy Blue Jeans, Corky's, and now Hey Dude, you will definitely find something you like. They are located on West Main Street in Whitfield, Virginia. Or check them out online at devotedtou12.com. Be sure to use OMAT15, O-M-A-A-T-15, for 15% off your order of $25 or more. That's OMAT15, O-M-A-A-T-15. Treat yourself and shop Devoted to You Boutique. So Virginia actually convinces the first doctor, Petit, to come back in and check on her. And he, she tries to tell him to convince O.C. that she needs a wheel. Right. Well, they, they're 
convincing her that she's in such poor health that she's not going to live very long. Yeah. And so she needs to do a will. Yeah. Virginia told him to tell her that she was dying and she needed a will. Mm-hmm. And he he wouldn't do it. I mean, you know, he just wouldn't do it. And he put a nurse in charge of her. And the nurse was actually kicked out the same day. She didn't even make it a full day before the aunts kicked her out. So they actually owed Petit $100 for his services. And they offered to make him a $1,000 beneficiary in O.C.'s will. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's... Yeah. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. So he was actually a man of somewhat honor, it mm-hmm. seemed like. And he refused... And his conscience actually got the best of him, like, because he refused to go back to the house. But his uh, conscience got the best of him, and he went to check on her once more before the, he went to the police. He was going to go to the police. Mm-hmm. And he went to check on her, but the house was abandoned. Mm-hmm. She was no longer there. And it was empty and all this stuff. So they show up in a New Jersey neighborhood mm-hmm. right after that. Yeah. So they're in this new house. And Virginia goes to see an attorney, and she tells the attorney that she wants him to get O.C. to do a will. Mm -hmm. So the attorney comes to the house, and he's shocked when he sees O.C. She is emaciated. I think I read in one post that she maybe weighed 80 pounds. Mm -hmm. Like, she was in really bad shape. So the attorney starts to put things together he sees that you know they're in really good shape and they obviously are eating well but the house is in disarray Mm -hmm. and it's just trash everywhere and just but no food well and they're still wearing like the full garb and they chant while he's there like around her bed right they get around her bed and chant and Yes. Yeah, so he knows something. So he weird. gets really suspicious and he tells the aunts or sisters, you know, OC needs food bad, that she is in terrible shape. The sisters tell him they have no money for that. So the lawyer tells them, Well, I'll give you a check for it. I just need a pen. So all the sisters leave the room to get a pen and while they're out of the room, he asks OC if she has a will and she says she does. So she gives him a will that she has written that leaves everything to her grandmother, her life insurance to her grandmother, and also makes this lawyer the executor of her will. And she tells him to do whatever he wants to, but to take care of her son, because at this time he hadn't died yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically all she wanted was to make sure her son was taken care of. Mm -hmm. They actually, well, he obviously lets them know that he has a will. Mm -hmm. And the the three sisters, they try to get him to change it. Mm -hmm. Like they basically commit fraud. They want him to change the will and make them the beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. And they offer him $7,000, you know, from her life insurance when she dies, Mm -hmm. which equivalent to today would be like $200,000 to basically change this wheel. He refuses, and they drop him as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the gall of these women to just think that... there Apparently, but, there was people they, they couldn't control. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the doctors and... Yeah, but they were so used to getting their way, I think, that they thought if they say, well, we'll give you this... They were used to being able to buy people off. Mm-hmm. That's what it amounts to. And actually, in that same year... Virginia was a defendant in a lawsuit for she had bought a piano Mm -hmm. and on credit 
And um, they sued her because she didn't pay it. And I think it was like $1,000, which that was a ton yeah. of money. And um, her quote, you know, during this uh, lawsuit was, wait until we bury our dead. Nice. So we're going to come into some money once, yeah. you know. Just wait till my How niece you, dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I got you, no problem. Yeah. Oh, they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, OC is in terrible shape. Now, I will, I'll bring this up now because there was some speculation at the time. You know, remember I told you that they said that while OC was in school, that she liked to do drugs and that mm-hmm. she had gotten hooked on narcotics. There were some people who were supporting the sisters saying that they were not trying to starve OC, that they were trying to get her off of more. She was addicted to morphine. That's what they were saying. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to get her off of morphine. So that's why they were secluding her and not letting people see her because, and that's why she was looking so bad is because she was going through morphine withdrawal. Well, I mean, if you look at the pictures, like we talked about, mm-hmm. she was a she was really pretty. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a picture taken just a year or two before she died, it's terrifying, the picture of her. She does not look like the same person. I mean, she's super skinny and mm-hmm. just faces, like, gaunt. It, it's it, it's kind of haunting to look at. It is. But that is one, you know, some of the people who claim that there was not really anything weird going on say that... You know, the actions and behaviors could be explained because O.C. was hooked on morphine. They shut her up to try to, or kept her away from everybody, to, she was basically going through withdrawals. But you know what? I might could believe that had it not been for um, John and Hugh yeah. and Caroline's husband and who knows who else. Right. Um. Yeah. And why would you keep doctors away from her? If you were trying to... You know, cure her from, or not cure her, but try to, you know, help her get through these withdrawals and everything. Why would you not want a doctor there? Why would you withhold food from her? Well, you know, that, I don't know. I I mean, and that could play into... We've determined that is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Most likely, yes. You're right. But things just get worse for OC. So, November 29th, 1909, they call the police. Virginia calls the police and says there's been an accident. Mm Mm-hmm. The police uh, don't arrive. They send a physician instead. Well, I think Virginia had asked for a coroner. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I read, um, I think it was a newspaper article that said Virginia had asked for a coroner, but they told her there was not a coroner available that they would send a doctor. Oh, okay. So the doctor arrives and um, goes to the upstairs bathroom where O.C. is in the tub. She's kind of in a... um, fetal position is that right with her head leaning forward mm-hmm. uh she's uh naked and uh they said there wasn't much water in the tub basically just enough for her head to be under the faucet and she had been there for a while but um there was a suicide note pinned to some clothes that were beside her bathtub and the it reads last year my little daughter died another near and dear kindred to have gone to heaven I long to go there, too. I have been ill and weak for a very long time now. Death will be a blessed relief to me and my sufferings. When you read this, I will have committed suicide. My sorrow and pain in this world are greater than I can endure. And it's signed by Mm O.C. So. But 
one thing that I will say that I also read. So when the doctor comes up, he sees O.C., he asks Virginia about what had happened. And Virginia tells him that she saw O.C. that morning and that she told her she was going up to take a bath and she didn't want to be bothered. That same morning, the 29th? Yes. Okay. And the doctor tells her at that time, he's like, she's been dead a day. Because he could tell just by looking at her that she did not die that day. Yeah. So there already is a lie that was told. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she told him she saw her that morning, but that was obviously not true. Right. So they get kind of suspect for the sisters from the very beginning. Yeah, because the... The circumstances are, yeah, suspicious. So the police start looking around the house because they're suspicious from the beginning. Right. And they find out that there's been several life insurance policies taken out on her. Right. On O.C. by the uh, aunts or sisters, whatever we want to call them. And also, O.C.'s mom, Caroline, had in her possession several different suicide notes that were appeared to be the same, like were written in the same hand. Mm-hmm. So... That tells you that O.C. did not write that so suicide note. Right. They matched Caroline's writing. Right. And, and the way they were written. Yeah. So, like, the verbiage and... Yeah. Yeah. So, they're... Yeah. So, they have that. Well, they're also looking around the house and just, you know, upon searching, they find in the oven um, a femur bone wrapped in blonde hair and the eye socket of... A baby skull. So, yeah, in the oven of the house. Now, where that came from, I don't think it's ever known. There's no mention of it any, like, no. in any kind of... I mean, it's mentioned that they fi- yeah. found it, but anything past that... Like, we have no idea whose well, baby Well, and we're talking was. about the early 1900s. There was no way to... Who would know? Yeah. Because like you records, could do DNA or anything like well, that. Well, you, you didn't have DNA, and, you know, a lot of people had kids at home, so there weren't even really records of... A lot of babies that were born. Yeah. So, you know, it's... That is the creepiest thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that was there. I wonder how they explained that. There's... there's I couldn't find anything about... Yeah. What they said, you know. Oh, we left that there. Or that was here <laughs> when we moved in. Well, yeah. they did claim that they had not been there long at the house. And that that's why it was in such a mess and all that. Because they hadn't been there. Well, uh, apparently the sisters could not convince police that they did not have anything to do with O.C.'s murder because they were all arrested and charged uh, with murder. So we're talking about the end of 1909. Mm -hmm. So all three women have been arrested. And in 1910, Virginia actually, while waiting for trial to start, starves herself while she's in prison. Right. So she dies in prison. Which is kind of poetic that she starves herself to death considering, you know, how they had treated O.C., mm-hmm. starved her. Um, Caroline, O.C.'s mother, um, laid into her trial, she decided to go ahead and plead guilty mm-hmm. um, for manslaughter. Right. It wasn't murder charge, which which is kind of important for Mary. But right. uh, So she was taken to jail, but then she went crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, by every definition of the word. She was transferred to the uh, New Jersey State Lunatic Asylum was the name of it. And, I mean, you can only imagine... Right. What that was like. So she died three years later in 1913. Mm-hmm. Mary, uh, Fletcher's mother and O.C.'s mother-in-law, she was released on a technicality because at the time they did not have a charge for 
she was an accomplice, basically, is what mm-hmm. they were saying. And there was no accomplice to manslaughter since uh, Caroline had already pled guilty to manslaughter. Right. So Mary actually um, leaves the New Jersey, New York area and moves to Colorado with her youngest son, Albert. I think he was a preacher. And um, they later moved to California where she dies in the 30s. I think it was like 37 or something like that. Right. So basically, not a whole lot comes from O.C.'s murder because Virginia starves herself in prison shortly after she's arrested. Caroline goes crazy and, you know, doesn't last that long. And then Mary was never charged because you can't be an accessory to manslaughter. Mm -hmm. So basically... Well, I mean, she didn't really get justice because, I mean... I guess, in a sense, she did because, you know, Caroline did go crazy and she didn't live that long. But but here's a funny, interesting part of this. So, in 1930, a bank deposit box in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, was opened. And it had um, some diamonds, a couple gold brooches, a black pouch and a fingerless mitt inside. And it had a note attached to it that said, Virginia Wardlaw. So they there's different theories as to who put it there. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the theories is that Virginia put it there to keep it safe so she would at least have something. Kind of to fall back on. Right. So she would always have some money somewhere because Caroline would take everything and sell it to fund the schools and all that. Um, but there's also a rumor that thieves took it and put it in a deposit box so that hopefully one day she would get it back, that their conscience got the best right. of them. I, I tend to believe the first story is probably more mm-hmm. accurate. But You know what? I just had a thought. She left Christiansburg after John and Lizzie died. Mm-hmm. And then went back to Tennessee for a short period of so time. So she before, probably did it. That's when she did it. And oh, it was funny. That just hit me. Yeah, and that's probably true. That's probably true. Because that's the only other time that she was in Tennessee that, that it's mentioned anyway. hmm Oh, I just figured that out. So she was saving herself some diamonds and some gold so that she wouldn't have a little bit of money. But they, when they opened the box, they were trying to locate who to give it to. Because like it had been be, around for so long. Yeah, and who would be the next of kin, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so the people who answered were Mary, her sister, who was in California then, and um, there was another relative, and I can't remember who it said. But regardless, uh, Mary, this is like the last time I could find anything quoted by her, and they asked her about O.C., and what happened, and she said none of them ever hurt O.C., and that Virgin- her sister Virginia was an angel on this earth, but her sister Caroline was negligent. Hmm. So, yeah, and that's the last I could find. But I just thought that was interesting. So. Well, Virginia was actually buried. They brought her body back to Christiansburg, mm-hmm. and she was buried at the Sunset Cemetery near her brother. Well, I think her parents are buried there, too. Mm-hmm. I couldn't swear to that part, but I know her brother and sister-in-law. There's several family members buried at the Sunset Cemetery. And that is right down from what was the middle school, what was the female academy. Side note. (laughs) So, of course, ghost hunters and all this stuff have claimed that the school is haunted. Right. Because of 
there's been other reports of other strange things happening there as well, but um, it's the Sisters in Black legend yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been a uh, they did a play about it mm-hmm. in Montgomery County, and there's been there's been a ton of research on it, and there's books written about it. It would make a fantastic movie, and we actually talked about this earlier. Who should play all <laughs> of them and all that? But you know, people say it's haunted, and if you go and look at haunted Virginia or Look up haunted areas, you know, in uh, southwest Virginia. Christiansburg comes up specifically because of them. Mm -hmm. And so I played basketball. (laughs) And I kid you not, I remember telling Mandy this. Well, actually, I told you and Mom both this. I hated playing at Christiansburg Middle School because it creeped me out. (laughs) You would go, like, the way the locker rooms were set up there, you would go down a hallway that basically had no lighting whatsoever. It was old school, obviously. But it had no lighting, and it was a dungeon. And there, you know, people would hear scratching, or you'd hear babies crying. I never heard any of that, but <laughs> but I always got unnerved playing there. I hated playing there. But people would break in and stuff like that, and they said that they would, you know, see full apparitions, who was obviously a woman, and they said that it was the three sisters, you know, who mm. continue to haunt the school and all that in the surrounding areas. But... uh yeah, it's, it, I got a nerve doing. <laughs> I, I enjoyed like the research, and of this. that was before you even really knew. Yeah, I had no idea about any of this. I just was creeped out mm-hmm. playing at that school. You're like, Funny you mentioned that because that place is creepy. It is <laughs> creepy. I remember that, and I really enjoyed doing the research for this one because it was like researching for you know when I write a screenplay or anything like that because it is such a crazy tale that it almost doesn't seem real that any of it happened. Right, but um. Yeah, that's that's the sisters in black. Yeah, that, it, no, I agree with you. That was a that was a good one. It was fun to do, and it had more elements involved, like the supernatural element and things like that. It it was fun. It was yeah. fun to read and fun to um, listen to and talk about. Well, I believe the moral of the story is. Um... Don't let your aunts take out any life insurance policies on say, you. I was going to say, if anyone comes to you and says, you need some life insurance, come work at my school. No. <laughs> come work at my school. Yeah, don't do it. It's not a good idea. Yeah, so I guess that's The Sisters in Black. Episode three. In the books. <laughs> three episodes in. Come back next time <laughs> and be under the thrall. <laughs> Episode four. <laughs> nerds <laughs> no we want to thank all y'all for listening and uh check out our website at one murder at a time.com or um got a new instagram that our producer is handling um but yeah share it if you know of any <laughs> stories that you'd like for us to dig into or oh i want to comments? say something about that we have had a couple sent to us and um we're we're looking into those. We don't really want to do any like ongoing, like current cases that right. still have, um, still have trials to be had, like in the area and stuff right. like that. Especially since we don't want to be disrespectful to anybody's families or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, if you have any stories, suggestions, or any tales you want to tell, or yeah, anything like that, let us know. Any show ideas? Show ideas. <laughs> show ideas. <laughs> well all right i guess um we'll wrap it up now enjoy your weekend and have a good one check us out all right doses